thanks very much for joining us for episode 21 of InTech Freight and Logistics, the podcast. I'm Kevin Baxter. On this episode, as Halloween approaches, we're focusing on the treat side of trick-or-treating. Let's get started. No matter the season, candy and chocolate are plenty popular, but that popularity goes to a new level when Halloween comes around. To get the outlook for this spooky season and a primer on the industry in general, we welcome Carly Childhouse, Director of Public Affairs for the National Confectioners Association, also known as the NCA. Carly, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me and happy Halloween season. Yes. So tell us about uh, the NCA a little bit and what you do. Yeah, so the National Confectioners Association is the trade association that represents the people who make chocolate, candy, gum, and mints here in the United States. We advocate for and on behalf of the industry, and our membership is made up of all of the companies that you can think of that make the treats that people know and love. So whether those are big, global, multinational brands or smaller to mid-sized multi-generational family-owned companies. They are represented by the National Confectioners Association. And what's your day-to-day with the National Confectioners Association? (laughs) That's a great question. You know, it it varies a lot. I'm the Director of Public Affairs and Communications, which means that we are, you know, paying attention to everything that's happening in the industry and things that happen to the industry or, or issue sets that affect the industry. You know, right now, I'm really focused on Halloween. So, Throughout the year, we have different candy, what we call candy moments. So times when (laughs) the role of chocolate and candy are a little bit more elevated and and enhanced. So that's Halloween is our Super Bowl. So a lot of focus there right (laughs) now. Looking ahead, we'll be focused on the winter holidays not too long from now, which is pretty hard to believe. And then in the new year, we will celebrate Valentine's Day, Easter. And then if you don't have it marked on your calendar, make sure you do. June is National Candy Month. So um, those... Yeah, those are really big moments throughout the year. And then again, of course, you know, working on the communications and and advocacy operations for different issue sets and and things that impact the industry. So National Candy Month gives uh, people another excuse if they were kind of, you know, on the fence. uh, Why (laughs) should I have candy on June 10th, for instance? And uh, it's a great... (laughs) A great holiday season to celebrate, and we encourage people to uh, extend their National Candy Month season all summer long. It's a perfect time to enjoy <laughs> treats. Um, but of course, we are we are in October, so it is time to talk about the Halloween season as well. Yes. So we're recording this a little less than two weeks away from Halloween, and you know, every year the the market's a little bit different. So uh, what is it looking like? in terms of uh, participation and demand for candy and chocolate this uh, Halloween season? You know, people are just so enthusiastic about the Halloween season, and it's really special to see. It's, it's, so, it's so special for the confectionery industry to play such a large role in people's celebrations. I think that something really important to note is how much, how enthusiastic people are about an extended season. So Halloween is about so much more than just trick-or-treating on October 31st. It's about being able to celebrate throughout the whole season. So maybe you are enjoying some chocolate and candy as you decorate your home or make a costume. Um, Of course, people enjoy treats on October 31st. And then even extending beyond October 31st, and people might bake with some of the treats that they got from trick-or-treating. People are really enthusiastic. And as I said, you know, from a business perspective, 
the Halloween season is our Super Bowl. It is a really key moment for us. It's about a $6 billion season. And we are expecting to see, you know, continued enthusiasm. We obviously won't have numbers on this year until until after the fact, but we're seeing continued enthusiasm. We're seeing people really excited about celebrating the season as they have in past years. Well, yeah, as you said, uh, I think the the sort of feel for Halloween uh, ties into the the changing weather into the early fall and people start to sort of get into that frame of mind. And of course, there are also a lot of Halloween adjacent events happening, you know, in the weeks leading up to the holiday. Absolutely. So looking at 2023, I know you just mentioned that you're not going to obviously have numbers until after the fact, but uh, what are you anticipating 2023 is looking like compared to previous years? Yeah, I think just that continued growth and and continued enthusiasm for the season. You know, again, we'll we'll have the exact numbers after the fact, but you know, just seeing seeing people very excited about it. You know, importantly, our obviously the confectionery manufacturers are working hard to make sure that treats are available on store shelves, but our retail partners are very excited to have a robust candy aisle for for the Halloween season as well. So, in terms of the the how then you just mentioned retailers but um are we still very heavily focused on brick and mortar or are we seeing more and more of the online shopping delivery kinds of things like that for for how people are actually acquiring their candy yeah you know that's such a good that's such a good question i think obviously anybody who has been in a in a retail store in the past few months really has seen the impact of that extended season has seen chocolate and candy on the shelves and you know everything that goes along with halloween of course you know more more than just treats but but that's where we're focused on the candy aisle <laughs> but absolutely i think overall we're seeing a move towards increased online shopping and e-commerce is is absolutely growing how about with uh, the last couple of years obviously the economy has uh, been in, in an in interesting state i guess in the last couple <laughs> of years and uh, of course with inflation We've seen costs of some particular items, uh, especially grocery type items, go up. It seems to be petering out a little bit, hopefully. But how is that affecting the candy and confectionery industry? Again, a, a great question. And obviously, economic challenges, inflationary challenges, supply chain challenges have all been really well documented. Again, our member companies and retail partners are working really closely to make sure that those treats are available to people and that they remain an affordable treat to our consumers. You know, it's it's important to the industry that the treats be accessible to consumers, that people can find what they know and love. You know, chocolate and candy, again, as an affordable treat is just that little bit of sweetness that can brighten up a day or a challenging time or enhance a celebration. And so there's a big focus on that. So in the freight arena, we're involved in, uh, of course, shipping these products to stores and uh, the end consumers and everything. How do you see candy and uh, chocolate typically transported? Are, are, are we seeing trucks, trains, uh, a little bit of both? Well, first and foremost, we, we certainly, uh, we certainly thank you for your role in this very important, uh, in this very important part of making sure that people can access chocolate and candy in terms of how it's actually transported, it is mostly trucks. When we refer to finished products, something like ingredients or packaging might be transported by train, but the finished product mostly goes through trucks. And of course, 
there is some sort of weather dependency in terms of, I would think, how the items are transported. And of course, different different products are a little bit different in terms of their tolerance for heat. So are a lot of these refrigerated in, in terms of how the, the transportation occurs? Yeah, I would say, you know, for a lot of our Halloween treats, just based on the way the the timing works, you know, a lot of them will be transported in the summer months. And so something like chocolate will absolutely need some kind of refrigeration if it is, you know, being transported in a truck. So you mentioned supply chain issues. That's uh, that's certainly something we've seen for a wide variety of products over the last, what, three Three years or so in particular, not that it never happened before that, but I think sort of thrown into a little bit more sharp relief lately. In the uh, candy side of things, there there were a few reports earlier this year that there were some issues with the sugar supply causing some shortages of candy or at least concerns about candy shortages. So how has your membership seen that evolving and what's been done in, in terms of ways to make sure that there is still candy on the shelves? Yeah, I mean, that's, again, an, another really great question. Um, you've mentioned it's it's been extremely well-reported supply chain challenges and, you know, all the headaches it's causing in the industry and, to your point, in, t- in other industries as well. The sugar shortage is, is definitely real, but we're going to... It's something we will probably see play out more in the next few months versus in the Halloween season. As you might expect, we don't make seasonal candy in that seasonal moment. We'll... Halloween candy is produced ahead of time. So the Halloween season is not as likely to be impacted and and we'll have to see how it plays out. You know, as as I shared and, and as is very important to the industry, our manufacturers are really working overtime to make sure that they're meeting consumer demand, working really closely with retail partners to make sure that the products are on the shelves and and able to meet that consumer demand and obviously, you know, delight delight shoppers and bring that little bit of sweetness for for really robust and fun and unique Halloween season. So what is the the general sort of lead time for when candy is produced, especially when we're talking about seasonal stuff? So the Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's, like you said, how, how far out is that usually actually produced? Yeah, that's a that's a great question and likely varies a little bit from manufacturer to manufacturer, but you can expect that it's being produced a couple to a few months ahead of time. So in terms of uh, Halloween, we'll get we'll get back to a, a bigger <laughs> focus on Halloween in particular, since we've kind of been dancing around a little bit here. So you do a survey on, on your website. You have a whole section all, all about Halloween, plenty of Halloween info, more than uh, more than some people might have even thought to ask, <laughs> but, but a lot of good information there. So one of the pieces of the survey is listing the top three candy treats of the year. So what is that uh, top three looking like for 2023? I'm so glad you asked that because you're right. We do. We ask all of the questions that, again, maybe some other people don't think to ask. Mm-hmm. So for Halloween specifically, we found out the top treats for trick-or-treaters coming in at number one. The like top, top one, it's probably not a surprise. We've already talked about it on this call. It's it's chocolate, really classic throughout the year, and people love it for the Halloween season. Second up is gummy candy. So bold flavors and interesting shapes, 
really perfect for we we found out actually that 62% of Americans are looking for treats with some kind of creepy, scary, spooky theme. So something like a gummy worm or a gummy octopus or a gummy brain or a spider, you know, any anything you can think of, a gummy candy in an interesting shape is probably going to be a hit with a trick or treater. And then made into a gummy, anything you can think of. Yeah, (laughs) it's so true. And a lot of our member companies do. They're coming out with such interesting um, and unique, unique treats. And then coming in at number three, it's controversial, but you can't deny it's a classic. It's candy corn. People really Mm -hmm. associate it with the season. They love candy corn so much that it's in the top three treats for the Halloween season. Yeah, that's one of those that could be in the top three and it could be in other people's bottom three, too, depending on uh, (laughs) on who you're talking to. I'm not a I don't have a problem with candy corn, but I know some people who uh, will not touch it. (laughs) And then others who swear by it. Have you thought at all about the way that you eat candy corn? Like if you have a piece of candy corn, how you eat it? Because we did that research too. So I'd be curious to know what how you eat it. I think I usually just pop the whole thing in, in, yeah. in my mouth at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make That's it easy. more than more than half of Americans just go for it. They start with, you know, they they just have that whole piece at once. I am with the 31% of Americans who start from that narrow white end. So I just I mm. eat it one piece at a time, color by color, starting with the white end. And just 18% of people start with that wider yellow end. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder there's there's gotta be something that says about a uh, personality, but um <laughs> that, that would probably take some deeper studies, uh, I would think, right? Yeah, we'll we'll work on that for next year, maybe. <laughs> so another thing I, I noted on the uh, survey, actually, uh, so 98% of people plan to hand out candy and chocolate to trick-or-treaters. You would think that would be a pretty high percentage, but it made me wonder, what do you have information on what the other 2% are, are planning to do? That's another great question. I mean, there, there are little, you know, trinkets that people might hand out something that's not a chocolate and candy product. You know, of course I am, I am biased. And I think that, uh, that chocolate and candy is just an absolutely perfect thing to hand out. It's so iconic to the season, but you know, people get, get creative about what they're going to hand out either instead of, or in a lot of cases alongside chocolate and candy. I guess there could be some tricks involved in those two percent as well, <laughs> Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Maybe that's what it is. The other two percent is uh, is giving out tricks for yeah. for the season. <laughs> so you know, for more questions on this, for a lot of the other information, I mean, there's uh, as we said, quite a bit there. Where can people go to find out all of these statistics and and other bits and pieces in the studies? Yeah. So we've got. A ton of, as you, as you've already referenced, a ton of tricks for treating at alwaysatreat.com slash Halloween. Tons of fun facts, some history, data points, and again, tips, safety tips or, or tips for parents who are looking to talk to their kids about balance during, during the Halloween season. But then we're also really active on social media. So we'd love for people to join the social media conversation using the hashtag Halloween treats. And then we are at Candy USA on Twitter and Instagram. And our name again is the National Confectioners Association. If you'd like to connect with us on Facebook or LinkedIn. You mentioned parents. So one more thing that that kind of jumped out at me there. Any advice? Uh, I think we, we saw a few different methods that parents might use to get a hold of some of their kids' candy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any advice there? What, what would you recommend? Or, or do you want to just share the, uh, the pieces that were uh, the strategies that were listed there? 
oh, strategies for taking treats from your kids. Um, we've heard from, <laughs> we've heard from parents who are, who are pretty clever in how they do it. One of my favorites is that they, is some parents charge what they call a parent tax. And so that means that for whatever candy their children get, they get some percentage or number of it and they refer to it as the parent tax, which is probably a good way to teach your kids both about balance sharing, about balance, about sharing and also about taxes because they'll have to learn about that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Others sneak it when the kids go to sleep or go to school. However you do it is is the right way for you and your family. And and we'd love to hear if anyone has a creative, uh, any parents out there have creative ways for uh, for sneaking those treats from their kids. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Carly, I hope the Halloween season goes well. And thanks very much for, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope you have a great Halloween season. Thanks for joining us for InTech Freight and Logistics, the podcast. And thanks very much to Carly Childhouse for taking the time to speak with us. Check out the links in the description to learn more about everything we discussed. Subscribe or follow now to ensure you get our latest episodes as soon as they're available. And you can help us out by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen. If you have questions, email us at podcast at intechlogistics.com and visit intechfreight-logistics.com for more about what we do. I'm Kevin Baxter. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.